What is up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of On the Power Play. It is me, your boy Brian, always and thankfully joined by my fantastic co-hosts, Adam and Matt. Hockey season is here. Teams are playing hockey. Some have played five games already. It's getting fucking wild out there. I'm excited. Everybody else is excited. Um, oh, man, it just feels... Feels good. It is Red October for those in the two one five and celebrating the Phillies. It is Red October. Oh uh, yeah. You know, oh, yeah. However, however, if if last night, last night being Tuesday the seventeenth, you were watching baseball and not the Flyers season opener, don't show your face in the fog come playoff times, okay? Don't show your face. <laughs> you can watch both. It's 2023. You can watch both at the same time. I know. I, I was. <laughs> I was watching both. Um, Ellie, was, uh, Ellie, my fiance, was yelling at me because apparently I'm not fun when I'm watching two games at one time. Oh. <laughs> I was like, how am I not being fun? The Phillies say, are what, kicking their ass. The Flyers are kicking their ass. What are you not ass. doing? I know. What, what am I missing here? You know? Bing is um, back, baby. <laughs> yeah, dude. Uh, it's been a fun time uh, in October so far to be a Philadelphia sports fan. Uh, the, the Eagles did drop a game on Sunday, but what was crazy in one of the most Eagles-centric cities of all time. Football will trump everything going on. Even after the Eagles lose their first game this season to go 5-1, and one, on Monday, people were just talking about the Phillies. It was awesome. It was yeah. honestly refreshing. They, they even moved lot, Nick but... Sirianni's time slot to Tuesday. They're like, we're not, we're not talking football right now. <laughs> like, It's playoff baseball. This Dude, team was... is out. This team's out of their minds. It was like, awesome. Oh. It was so cool. Um, and that just really makes me feel good uh, about, you know, if there would be another team, perhaps, in the city to, you know, become good at some point, maybe in the future would be would be cool. You know, maybe people would be on board. But, you know, uh, I've I've pretty much always said and, you know, my my opinion will will stand. Uh, I'm going to gatekeep the shit out of the Flyers when they become good. <laughs> Uh, I'm I'm gonna be a full menace if like if people are just gonna try and jump on the bandwagon and steal my seat at the Farg, I'm not having it. Okay, where were you when the Ryan Ellis deal went down, huh? The Nolan Patrick <laughs> draft pick, where were you for that one, huh? The guy Ring was on the toilet. Bell? The Do you remember Michael Raffle? I don't think so. Um, <laughs> Who doesn't remember the Raffle copter? Can that be the name of the episode this week? <laughs> Do, Do you, you remember, remember Michael Raffle? <laughs> I love that player too. I I really liked him. Uh, whoo, yeah, I'm going to be an absolute menace. Raffle but don't copter. worry, folks. That time is not coming anytime soon. Um, but. We do have hockey news to get into, plenty yeah. to talk about in this episode. Lots going on. Uh, we'll get the bad news out of the way first. We'll go through all the injury stuff. Uh, obviously not going through all of the injuries or else we'd be here for three hours. So we're going to cover some of the bigger news. Uh, well, let's Brandon, do a three-hour pod. Let's go. Yeah, who has their coffee? Um, I got coke. Uh, bro, no, that's fair. That's fair. It's caffeinated. <laughs> caffeinated. Brandon Tanev out for four to six weeks uh, from the Kraken with a lower body injury. He left the season opener after a hit from Brett Howden um, of the Golden Knights. Uh, that hit, I believe he was suspended. Yeah, suspended two yeah. games, Brett Howden was. Uh, I watched the hit. I watched it a couple of times, and 
Yeah, it was it was suspension worthy. Um, some people were arguing that you know Tanev turned into it, but it was just the way that Brett Howden moved his shoulder in the region of of the head to chest area. Yeah, you're gonna get suspended for that. But I wanted to ask you guys about that suspension. You know, two two games feels kind of like a lot when we've seen lesser suspensions for more heinous crimes. Um, what I like, do you guys think that there will ever be any sort of consistency from the player safety ever? I, uh, my expectations are low. Um, yeah, fairly low. It, yeah. I want to talk about the impact cause it's been a big impact. Seattle has gone off to a, a really shaky start. Mm-hmm. They don't look explosive like they did last year when they started off. Um, I want to make sure I got this but I don't know what the score was. They yeah, they lost four one to the Avalanche on their home yeah. ice last mm-hmm. night. So they're not I don't think they have a win yet. So um, No, I think they're O two and one. They're O two and one or O two and O. I can't remember. Yeah, so back. it's a it's a rocky star for that the Kraken. Uh and I think this has to be a big impact. I mean Tanev eats a lot of minutes, plays mm-hmm. a lot of roles for that team and you know, you've seen the repercussions of I, – I was saying this when I was making my predictions. I mean, there are teams that can survive the injury bug and make mm-hmm. it through, and I didn't think Seattle was one of those teams. And you're seeing firsthand uh, in the first couple games of the season that a guy like Brandon Tanev means so much to this team that if, if he's gone, it is a massive hole. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we're going into year. This is this is the Seattle Kraken's third year in the league, um, yeah. and still, I I know they're an expansion team and everything like that, but that could that could be a reason why depth is definitely going to be an issue for this team. I mean, depth is not something that comes overnight, right? Like that's something that has to be um, fully curated by an organization, and you know, three years just might not be enough time to find that kind of depth. Uh, last year in 82 full games, he had 16 goals, 19 assists for 35 points. Obviously, he's not setting the world on fire, but if you watch his game, he's the kind of guy that straps on the skates every night, uh, every night, goes hard, four checks hard, back checks hard. I'm pretty sure he's on their power play unit. I think he's also on their penalty kill unit. He's one of the leaders in the locker room, even though he doesn't have a letter on his chest. Um, but, you know, that doesn't much matter when when you're – uh, a, a leader to to a group of guys so that is definitely probably something that's missing from the locker room a little bit but obviously Matt I think you you pretty much nailed it that's it's definitely gonna be a depth issue uh Adam what about you I mean the the Kraken uh looking pretty flat out the start after coming off a pretty electric season last year getting to the playoffs yeah no I I definitely agree I don't know if it's so much I think Tanov being gone does play a role in it but something they talked about on the broadcast last night um, because with my sister being a Kraken fan, I, of course, had that game and the Sharks game on at the same time because I'm a lunatic. Because um, you're uh, just a sicko who watches West Coast hockey. Yes. Um, but they said it on the broadcast that they lost a total of 50 goals in their bottom six pairing with the loss of Daniel Sprung. And I think it was Ryan Donata. Jeez Louise. And I think that's a big part of it. I think Ryan Donato is low-key an underrated player. I don't know if a lot of people really think of him when they think of good depth guys. I think he gets lost in the shuffle, but he's a guy that I think can do really well on any team. 
right now. He did really well in San Jose. He did really well in uh, Seattle, and he's done really well so far from the looks of it in Chicago. So I think that's a big loss for them. Daniel Sprong is just supposedly a goal scorer. If you listen to Jeff Merrick, at all. <laughs> I agree with him to some degree. I think he's another underrated goal scorer in the league right now. He just has to find the right uh, system to work in, but all those things on top of Chris Tanev now being gone, I think is what's leading to this kind of rocky slow start for the Kraken that hopefully they turn around. So they've got good guys there. I'm waiting for someone like uh, Yamamoto to kick off. Matty Beniers to kick off. Ty Cartier, I think, is going to be a, a dark horse in their their points leaders. I think he's going to be another really good young kid for them, but they just got to get the things rolling, and hopefully they can figure it out because it's not looking too good right now. Yeah, yeah, and and you bring up a good point, Adam. They obviously still have good players on that team that, that you know, probably will come alive at some point this season, but is it going to be enough? You know, the, the depth really matters in the NHL nowadays. You could argue that having top line scoring and having second line scoring is all fine and dandy. I mean, you can ask the Maple Leafs about it all you want. Depth matters. What happens when your third and your fourth line is out there? What happens when your penalty kills on the ice? Can your defenseman clear the puck? Well, can your goaltending hold up? You know what I mean? So we'll, we'll see how it goes for the Kraken, but obviously off to a slow start and missing Brandon Tanev, probably not helpful. Another big player to a team here, uh, Kirby Doc to miss the remainder of the season than the Canadians as he suffered a torn ACL and MCL in the win against the Blackhawks on Saturday, playing his former team, um, a 5-2 loss. Um, the, the news was announced after a 5-2 loss to the Minnesota Wild on Tuesday. 22-year-old sustained the injury in the first period of the win against Chicago on Saturday. Uh, Coach uh, Martin San Luis said, quote, we don't play until Saturday against Washington Capitals. So we've got some time to come up for air and try to find the right solution, whatever that is. Um, Kirby Doc was a uh, number three overall pick in the 2019 draft. Um, he had a NHL career high 38 points in 58 games last season, 14 goals, 24 assists. Um, he's definitely one of the young bright spots on that Canadiens team, and he's going to be missing an entire season due to knee injury. Um, obviously, uh, I don't think any of us are going to say the Canadians were built to win this year by any means, but they were definitely built to start getting their kids more playing time in more situations and, you know, fleshing out the kind of team that they want to be and getting that very valuable NHL experience. to the younger players was a major factor in the season they were going to have and having Kirby doc miss an entire season, especially with a knee injury is definitely not good. Um, Matt, how do you think this, I mean, Again, Canadians not built to win right now, but how do you think this will impact them moving forward with one of their young stars on the team missing an entire yeah. season? Yeah, they're not built to win right now, but they are kind of built like, you know, kind of like what the Flyers are, like a young team that's looking to move forward together. Right. And Kirby Doc is, I mean, when they acquired him, they wanted him to be one of their leading pieces in mm-hmm. that young core. I want to go... It's, I mean, I don't wish in- injuries on anybody, but I fucking hate Kirby Doc, and I, I just, <laughs> I, I just, <laughs> I just want to throw that out there because I what fucking hate. But he did you? Hate Kirby Hold Doc. on, we got, we got a backtrack here. What? What? Back that what? Truck up. Hold on. Holy yes, shit, dude! Fuck this kid, dude. Oh my god, Kirby Doc. <laughs> um, holy cow! But That's uh, crazy. yeah, it's <laughs> huge, man. I mean, you look at a team that. 
I mean, they, they're looking at Doc Caulfield, you know, Suzuki, you know, to be the leading core moving into, you know, the, when they are going to be, you know, pushing in the, in the Atlantic division for playoff spot and uh, to not have them. It's a big step back. And it's also, you know, putting more weight on Caulfield and Suzuki. And as we know, by following Cole Caulfield and all being a fan of him, He's had a tough time playing all 82 games these past two years. So it's kind of like a similar thing of like Kirby Doc kind of is a player who would take the load off of a player like Caulfield physically, like either like, you know, getting in the fights or whatever. And then, um, and then, you know, Caulfield, you know, as, as far as like production wise is also being another like, you know, 20, 30 goal scorer. So um, it's a huge loss to this team. Uh, where they go from here, I mean, they just, they just got to try and tread water as best they can. That's really how it is. Yeah, I mean, like like we said, uh, it's, I mean, if they were to compete this year, I think it would come as a surprise to not only the organization but the fan base. Um, so really it just kind of sucks for his um, – how how should I, his development in a way and his development with the team uh, Adam uh, coming from a perspective from somebody that doesn't hate Kirby Doc <laughs> some strange way there um, but yeah, what do what do you think there for the Canadians do you think this really you know impacts who they are as a team or how they're going to develop together at all uh, yeah I mean it's kind of hard for it not to when you consider like he's supposed to be a player that's probably going to be part of their that core for the next few years alongside uh, Slapkowski, Caulfield, insert other young player Ryan Bacher. Ryan Bacher. Insert youth here. Yeah, Yeah, insert youth here. Um, So, I mean, obviously it's going to affect them. And I think you hit it, uh, the nail on the head, Brian, with the development comment, because these are, you know, the situations where you want these guys to, to grow and get better and, do what they're paid to do um and it's going to be a lot harder with him missing now the entirety of the season with this knee injury that not a lot of players are even able to come back from at 100%. He could come back as a completely different player that'll completely derail whatever Montreal was hoping for um in the next 2 3 4 years. I don't know what his contract is like, but it's going to be rough for him, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, uh, everyone's like a, a Connor McDavid that can just superhuman rehab an injury and come back better than he was when he yeah. debuted. Um, so it, it sucks. I, I hate to see it for for a young guy like that that's just trying to to go out and play, but it is part of the game. It's just an unfortunate part of the game. Yeah, I mean, you bring up a really good point, Adam. Not only is that a season-ending injury, but it could be, uh, you know, a career-altering injury depending on how well he rehabs, how well his body reacts to it, how well he's able to come back. Uh, knee injuries can be career-altering. Um, you know that. I do, but, I mean, obviously I am, A, not as athletic, B, don't have access to the kind of science that these these athletes do, and, and C, uh, don't have like the greatest high end surgeon available, right? To to make everything basically as perfect as humanly possible. Yeah. So he's he's got a better chance of coming back a hundred percent than anyone else because of said resources. But it, it, you bring up a good point there. 
um, that could really That's impact right. his ability to be a part of that Canadian's future, depending on how it goes. And, and oh, Matt, I'm glad you brought up uh, the point of kind of like what the Flyers are doing. Uh, I think there's a couple of different teams this year that are doing something similar. You look at the look at the Coyotes, look at the Canadians, look at the Flyers, where they look at the Red Wings. Look at the Red Wings. Red, Red, Wings just, Red Wings a little more. They're a little bit more developed. They're kind of two. They're kind of two years after that kind of season, I would say. Um, where it's, uh, I think the Red Wings are more in a. Uh, well, we, the kids, you've you've played now. Time to time to do something about it. Um, yeah. and. I think that it's a a really good thing for the league and b a really good thing for organizations to continue to do. Where, sure, everybody knows you're rebuilding, you're you're doing the thing right. You're not trying to, you're not necessarily looking to succeed or win championships right now. But you go you go into every you go into your seasons like no, we're gonna we're gonna put you guys in situations. We're gonna put give you guys minutes. We're gonna let you play, and we're gonna see what we have, what you are, what you mean to this team moving forward and what we can do as an organization. Uh, I think though that the way hockey goes about rebuilding is probably my favorite way out of the four major sports. Um, Cause baseball is tough when it comes to rebuilding because it's such a money central league because there's no cap. Uh, and it takes so long for young guys to develop too. Yeah. I mean that too. Uh, football doesn't, that thing okay. doesn't even exist. It's just you either are good or you're bad and you figure it out after that. Um, you know, and, and it's not, and, not, it doesn't take very long to exactly, exactly. Bad. You can get a generational talent two years in a row in an NFL draft and become a, become a, um, a juggernaut. I mean, ask, unless you're the Browns, ask the Kansas City Chiefs, um, unless you're the Browns, but that's just because you're from Cleveland. Um, sorry, Jason. Yeah, sorry. Sorry. My bad. He likes the, he likes the, uh, the Bengals. He's happy. The, the he Bungles. Got, the Bungles. Um, you got Bungles. Shout um, out, Jason. <laughs> and then basketball. Don't even get me started because yeah. boy, Makes do I sense. hate it there. But I, I like the way that it is done in the NHL. And I think it's uh if anybody, if I needed to sell anybody on becoming a hockey fan, that would be not one of my major points, but definitely a point to drive home that rebuilding in hockey is kind of, kind of fun in a way, if your team knows how to do it properly uh, to keep moving forward, the Columbus blue jackets almost Lost Zach Horansky for an entire season again as he had a knee-to-knee collision with Flyers forward Ryan Paling. Garner uh, Hathaway. Garner Hathaway, sorry. I get those yeah. two confused all the time. Yeah, it's um, the same line. Same line. Uh, but, you know, had had a bit of a, a kind of a knee-to-knee, more like knee-to-thigh uh, contact with him, uh, went down. Thankfully, he is uh, hoping to return for Friday's game. It was a quadricep bruise. Um which actually, I don't know if either of you guys have had deep muscle bruising in your quad, but it is one of the more painful things you can go through. Like you will get over it, but it hurts so bad. Um, uh, and he's thankfully coming back. Uh, missed pretty much the. Actually, no, he missed the full entirety of last season. Um, Did he really? Holy shit! With yeah, yeah. With, a, with a shoulder. He tried laying out Travis connecting and he dipped it and he went right into the boards and oh. yeah, it was, it was almost, it was almost back to back flyers, Zach Wierenski season ending injuries. What the, um, well, the one, the, the one it was like, he missed the hit and got hurt on the boards. This yeah. was an actual knee. Yes. On knee. Yeah. That it illustrated by freaking Garnett Hathaway, which he got fined the max $5,000. Yeah. Uh, and again, uh, to me, and this isn't as a Flyers fan. This is this is kind of just as a someone who watches a lot of hockey. 
I didn't think Garnet Hathaway went out of his way to go need any contact. I think he was just trying to get a piece of his body on Zach because Zach was about to go up ice with the puck. And it just so happened that his knee went right into his quad. Um, but woo, nice play by the, the wings there. That was that was Ooh. fancy. Um, but uh, you know, it, it's it's one of those things where again, I feel like five thousand max fine is a little excessive. Um, I understand he did get injured and he had to leave the game and all that stuff, but you already did the ten minute misconduct in the game. Do we need do we need the five thousand dollar fine? I don't know. Uh, just just I, I would like some consistency from the player safety board for once, which I will never get, and so I'll stop complaining now. Um, but man, that would have been a hell of a blow to this uh, Columbus team that really thought they had something when they got Johnny Gaudreau last year, and it really showed that they just do not have the horses on that team to figure it out. And it's a team going through a lot of turmoil right now with the Mike Babcock situation. Um, if that were to happen, that would just find your nearest, find your nearest Columbus fan, which we actually do have a friend of ours who is and <laughs> he was on the pod a couple on. weeks ago. He was on the pod and he was, he was a stud in the pod, by the way. Um, but you know, just if that happened, we just got to give him a hug. You know, just, just a virtual, here you go, big guy, but how you doing? Zach Wierenski is okay, thankfully. So um, what do you guys think about this Columbus team this year, though? Do you think that they're going to be able to turn it around with the with the players they have? Patrick Lyonnais, they have Johnny Gaudreau, they have Zach Wierenski. Do you think this team will be able to do something with that kind of with that kind of lineup? I don't. I have them finishing dead last in the Metro. So well, there you go. There's that. <laughs> <laughs> That's my opinion I, on it. I, I think I have... I think I also have them finishing dead last in the Metro. Yes, you do. I'm the, yeah, I, I have do. them second to last in the Metro. <laughs> Who do you have last? The Caps? Uh, don't like ask us. and I won't yes. tell you. Oh, yes. yeah. The flyers. <laughs> uh, okay. Nah, that makes sense. Uh, I hear you. I hear you. I actually struggled with that one. If it makes you guys feel better. <laughs> I appreciate that. I do appreciate that. Um, yeah. I mean, I just, I don't like they have stars on the team. I really don't necessarily understand where things are going wrong there you know the the goaltender situation isn't all that bad you know they still have elvis it's, it's not good dude yeah, elvis is, elvis head is not on straight would you it's say that he has left the building he might be dead dude that was whoa and <laughs> not to not to not to boom. make a like that what is that what elvis is that what that means he just looks so lost in the sauce man he does. And, uh, and, like he looks dazed and confused out there. Yeah, I, I it, it all started with the you know death of his you know buddy, and, and it hasn't gotten any better. And then yeah, and then you look at the fact that they you know traded away Eunice Corposalo, or did they let him walk. Was that a trade, or did he just he go in free agency? I think he was traded. I think he was traded. Yeah, and then they yeah, trade he traded Corp- to uh, the Kings. Yeah, and they trade Eunice Corposalo, and you know those two at one point, you know, two three years ago, were a solid one-two punch in net, and now it's just not the same back there. And you know Zach Wierenski, as much as he's one of the best defensemen in the league, he's yeah, one man can't carry an entire group of six guys. You know what I mean? So it stinks because they have some firepower in the goal scoring department, but they just can't get the buck out of their own net. And that's, that's going to always come back to bite them very much like a team that we're going to talk about shortly here, but we got a little bit of, a little bit of news to go before that to continue. Um, so apparently 
the NHL is looking to uh, switch up how the draft goes. Uh, according to Elliot Friedman, he tweeted this out uh, this morning at, at about 10.53 this morning, uh, the day that the podcast is recording, so yesterday for you folks. Uh, said here, the NHL has officially notified teams that would like to hear their opinions on decentralization of the draft, having clubs stay at home while prospects attend NFL NBA style. If there is desire for change, would most likely be in 2025, outside chance for 2024. How do you guys feel about this? Um, obviously, the NHL draft isn't as big as the NFL draft or the NBA draft or all that jazz, but uh, I do know um, one person who has been to an NHL draft, uh, and that is our very own Matthew Fisher. Uh, Matt, I, I heard one of the biggest uh, reasons for this, um, I, I'm not necessarily a complaint, but definitely something that the league listened in on, is uh, the fact that it takes too long for the teams and the player to meet on stage, go through the photos, get everything together, get off the stage, and get ready for the next selection. Did you did you find it that way, or were you just kind of having you know having a good time and, and enjoying the moment? I always have a good time and enjoy the moment, buddy. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> um, but object, but objectively, as, you had as to. As far as making it faster, um, I don't, like. Would you even say that stuff like will make it more popular to watch? I mean, what makes it more popular to watch is if you get you know special players about to be drafted, like the. This past draft with Bedard was the most watched draft. Why? Because it was Connor Bedard. Like, like, go on now. It's not that hard to figure it out. Um, so I think, I mean, yeah, you could probably edit a little more things. Um, maybe you could like actually. I don't even know where to start, man. I'm not that bright, but uh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's like <laughs> I wouldn't change the time because what they get like a minute thirty, they get like a minute, minute, minute thirty to make your pick when you're on the clock. Pretty sure like the NFL gets like three minutes. Yeah, I think, NFL, they, I think they get yeah something. Like the NFL that. takes a long time in the draft, and I get it, it's like it's the NFL. Like NFLs, they want to you know watch it and be in the festival. And, like, when you draft in the NFL, like, these players are going to be playing on the squad next year. Right. They're not boys that are going to go back to college or juniors and you won't see them for, like, three or four years down the line. Like, they're going to be playing in the big leagues next year after you draft them. So that's another big part of it. Same in the NBA. Right, yeah. But the NBA is only two rounds, so. Um, For, For sure. Right. So as far as, you know, making it popular, it's something that it, it's hard to make popular, dude. It's a draft. Right. It's a draft for players. You ain't going to even find out if it was a good pick or bad pick for years to come. So, yeah, um, and and I was going to I was going to ask you, boys, if you you know what your issues with uh, or what you think would make the draft more popular. And something I was thinking about the other day is. I honestly think that if it was more like the NFL and like the player that you draft, you will be seeing soon. Um, Maybe we do age restrictions on drafts. So you can't draft a 17 year old uh, out of high school anymore. uh, Who's about to play junior for three or four years and then come to the team. Um, Do you think that that would help the NHL draft? If there was some sort of age restriction and there was more likely that you would see the player the year of their draft. 
No, uh, no, I don't no, think so at no. all. Because right. then it's like you're like you're, t- you're handcuffing, you know, you know, teams of like drafting the players that they would want to draft. And what's the point of that? What, what does a fan want to see restrictions on you know a team if they're making the right player? Like my point exactly is like you know the Flyers you now you know they announced a rebuild. They go in the draft. The third round pick they took they picked Denver Barkey. Of um, who's playing in the OHL, playing with um, what's his team? Uh, I'll look it up. But he's a, he's a boy. He's a, he's a young man. He's he's small, but he's very good. He's like he's but a child. Yeah, he's a child. He's a boy, <clears throat> and um, he's really good. I'm happy we picked him, and I'm looking forward to what he's like. You know, couple couple years down the line, he plays for he's the like, London Knights. By the way, that that's Ooh, the most obvious guy. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's playing with Bo- Oliver Bonk, the player they took in the Bonk. late first round. Yes. Um. So I can't wait for the Bonk memes, dude. Just uh, sorry, my Flyers fan came out right there, but man, when he gets the hits this team <laughs> and he's like a huge part of it, the Bonk memes are going to be electric. I'm buying yeah, the T-shirt. The I'm getting the merch. It's going to be fantastic. Go, go ahead, man. But like, he's a boy. He's going to need <clears> to grow <throat> into his body. But I saw him playing the uh the rookie game. And he's a great center. He sees the ice very well, makes plays. And it's like, you know, would you not draft that guy just because of him being he's, too he's young? He's too young, yeah. It's yeah, like, that's no, that's not at all. That's not totally fair. I, I look, again, I was just bringing it up. Right. <laughs> You're running through ideas. You're running through ideas. I um, that's what we do here on On the Power Play. Adam, what, what about you? How do you feel about this this whole idea of, you know, decentralizing the draft and having it more NFL, NBA style? I don't think it's going to change too much, to be perfectly honest. Um, I know one complaint I heard is that the draft just takes way too long. Um, so doing this would make it go faster. I just did an informal test on YouTube of Googling the NHL, the NBA, and the NFL drafts. All the videos are the same length, barring like two or three minutes. They're all around three hours, the first round. Again, it's informal. I didn't sit and watch nine hours of sports (laughs) draft. What was cut? What was, you know, who knows? Um, But as far as I could tell, I mean, assuming nothing was cut out, you know, egregiously, they're all going to be about the same length, regardless if you cut out what I've heard a lot of people complain about is all the staff members coming up to the stage, thanking the Stanley Cup champion, the host city, uh, this, that, the other, and then making the pick, getting the player up there and off the stage. I don't think it's going to change a whole hell of a lot. Um, I think as far as um, the age restrictions and stuff like that, it's who, who cares about the draft from a from a fan standpoint? The hardcore fans. Yeah, the, the diehards usually. Yeah. Us. Us. Uh, anyone that's watching week in, week out. The mm-hmm. casual viewer could give a shit yeah. about what 18-year-old is going to the team that they root for all the time. <laughs> do like, they play in the W or do they play in the yeah, O? Yeah, they know, don't right care. There. Yeah. Like, I, have, I, I tell my sister and my mom all the time, and I always get, oh, that's cool. And that's the end of it. I don't like, you know, I'm not rattling off, oh, they did this this year, this, that, the other thing. Um, my sister's a little bit more in tune with it, I think, because she's slowly starting to get more into hockey, but she's not going to sit down and watch the draft. If anything, she'll come see who the Kraken 
pick. I'll tell her how good and or bad the pick is, and then she'll be on her on her way afterwards. Um, so you're not gonna grow the draft more than it already is because the only people that are gonna sit and watch it are the hardcore fans. Right. Like I understand wanting to put these star players, these quote unquote star players, these next generation guys, um out there so the fans can see them. But they're not gonna care until they're out there for eighty two games a season. Yeah. So I, I think I understand it from what I was actually seeing partly I think that spurred this on, according to Pierre Lebrun, is that a lot of teams are upset that we're already in October and there hasn't been a hard location set yet. They're still kind of, the NHL is still kind of like looking around trying to find places. They're trying to hammer a place down in Vegas, but I guess that's a problem because it's fucking Vegas. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, imagine all venues are booked 365 days out of the year. Hey, if the NHL feels like shelling out the money, they can go ahead and get the dome. Oh, yes, please. No, that'd, that'd be something now. Give me a draft that'd in the dome. That'd be cool as shit. You put it's the team me. logo on the outside. Oh, man. I don't know mm-hmm. if it's big enough to house all 32 teams and their staff. Well, yeah, fans. but then that's how the, that's how the, that, that's how they'll argue you to mean, decentralize it so they can fit into the dome. You mean the sphere? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, is that called, what it's called? I thought it was it's the called dome. the sphere. Yeah. Say, everybody dome. knew what I, I was talking oh, about. My buddy was circular. just there yesterday. Inside of it. Yeah, they do. They That's had this crazy. like, uh, like uh, interactive like experience the mm-hmm. world. Oh. And like it's like you know that ride in Disney World where mm-hmm. you're like going through the mountains and stuff, and it's like experiencing the world and stuff. In the Epcot did ball. That with, yeah. Epcot yeah. ball. Exactly, yeah. And they had that <laughs> sphere. And he was sending me videos. He was sending me videos of the uh, escalator and like the, the how the seating is. Dude, this place is so freaking steep. Yeah. It's like, dude. Don't it's they like, have like over 8,000 speakers or something weird because of like obviously the way that sound travels in a sphere is oh. going to be fucked up. So they have like a super advanced sound super surround sound. system. That'd be yeah. cool. That'd be cool. Oh, a draft at the sphere. Yeah. You think that everything should just not shelling out that kind of money? They don't everything should happen in Vegas for the NHL. Just everything. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you you are correct. The yes. NHL awards, All Star Game. The draft, draft everything. Have it, everything in. Go Vegas. ahead and put a go. Go ahead and move HQ out of Toronto. Put it in Vegas. Well, how about all thirty-two teams just play in Vegas? How about it? Right. No, hey, you know, no. I know, I know that uh, the NHL <laughs> no, headquarters is in Toronto, good. but you know, Toronto hasn't won a cup since the '60s. So in Vegas, just won one. So just move the HQ to Vegas. Obviously, it's a bigger hockey town than Toronto. Oh. Talking to you, Leafs fans. Talking to you. Yeah. Um, coming for you, Steve. <laughs> talking to you, Mr. Dangle, if that is your real name, <laughs> which it isn't. Um, anyways, to, to keep moving forward, uh, that's definitely going to be something interesting because uh, Adam brings up a very good point that they have yet to find a city. So they've either already made up Ooh. their mind and they're just sending out this memo for shits and giggles, or they're honestly curious and they'll find a location no matter what the decision ends up being. Uh, but to keep on keeping on here, gotta talk about it. Austin Matthews back to back hat tricks in his first two games of the NHL season. That is six goals, 
in two games. Now, yes. Is he obviously the best American player right now? Of course. Is this helping the Toronto Maple Leafs become a better team? That is a question I will field to the two of you. I don't think so. I don't think this changes the trajectory of that team. We know who the studs are. They'll play like studs. It, right now, the the regular season for the Maple Leafs is a formality. What can you do for me in the playoffs? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. but we all we both have Toronto winning the division. All three of us have Toronto winning the division. So that's what I'm saying. The regular season is a formality. A cause. Um. I mean, yeah. When you look at the the historic year that Austin Matthews had two years ago, I saw that he took him nine games to go score six goals, and he wound up with sixty that year, and uh, he got six goals in two games. So I mean, it's a great start to on pace for two hundred and fifty six. Exactly. Yeah, it's exactly. nuts. That's he's, nuts. He's, he's looking to break Gretzky numbers. But um, yeah, I, it definitely helps their cause as far as like where they want to be. I mean, w- as far as like you're making a point, it's like what are you gonna do for me in the playoffs? We're not there yet. We're not That's even fair. close. Yeah, I know, so. I know. But it, you know, just the grand scheme of things for this team, it's just it, it really that's the end all be all. To to just keep it a hundred percent. Um, but obviously back to back hat tricks. That's phenomenal he's a phenomenal talent as we always knew did you hear the stat that came along with him scoring the back-to-back hat tricks no so the last time this happened was 2017-18 when Ovi did it right uh before Ovi did it when do you think the last back-to-back hat trick happened i'd have to assume gretzky did it once was it lemieux it was neither was it coffee before Ovi did it, the, the back-to-back hat trick hadn't happened since 1917-18. Holy shit! When oh, I just had the names. Where did those go? It, it, there were names that I have never heard of, and of course, this article that I pulled up does not have it. But I could tell you the 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 big names that you guys listed were not on that list. So what you're telling me right now? Is that Lemieux didn't do it? Gretzky didn't do it. Yager didn't do it. Coffee didn't do it. Coffee didn't do it. None uh, of these guys did that. According to what I've Gordy heard, Howe didn't do this. Before Ovechkin accomplished the feat six seasons ago, back-to-back opening season hat tricks hadn't been seen in the league since Cy Denis, Reg Noble. And Joe Malone all did it in 1917. That comes from Colin Gallant on Clutch Points website um, on October 16th. What a wild season that must have been, 1917, 1918. Tell you what, fucking wild (laughs) ride that season. A wild ride. (laughs) So, yeah, it, it took Ovi to do something that hadn't happened in 100 years. And then it took Matthews to do it. Was it 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, six, seven seasons? That is that is actual insanity. That is nuts. What the fuck? <laughs> That's crazy. And then Ovi, Ovi did it, and, and Matthews did it in what, three seasons removed? Three seasons apart? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. What the fuck? <laughs> what, what the fuck is right? Um, To keep moving forward here, 
Oh, the Edmonton Oilers. Um, first two, they did get a win um, yesterday. So the 17th, uh, 6-1 against the Predators. And the offense finally kind of popped off there. But to start the year, 0-2 with a negative 8 goal differential in one of those games, losing 8-1 to against the Vancouver Canucks. Wow. Um, I, look. I feel like we've talked about this endlessly with this, with this, with this team, right? Goaltending. And Campbell looked good in the preseason too. Like the vibes were high. It was, everybody was basically like, oh, if they had this kind of goaltending in the, the Western conference finals, they would have been in the Stanley cup finals. Right. And then game one happens and he can't even make it out of the second period. Obviously things turned around in Nashville six, one, but man, I, are are we just going to have another situation in Edmonton where the goaltending just can't find consistency and it's going to be their downfall? I hope for at least one more game because their next game's against Philadelphia in Philadelphia, and I would love it just that uh, you know be able to put like forty shots on these guys and just you know be like a high scoring six plus goal game, um, for both teams. I mean, if it is just Flyers, that's great. Um, right. but um. I'm on the the notion because you know we we hop on this pod. It's the beginning of the season. We're all excited. We all just want to talk about hockey. You know, it's still very early. It's very, you know, it's very early. Fair. A lot, a lot, a lot of things are gonna happen that are completely different from right now. What's going on? And I think Edmonton would be one of them. I mean, yeah, you can say like, oh, Goldtang will will. Haul- want this team till it doesn't and that's true but at the end of the day it's like their goal scoring will make them be a playoff team it's it will it just will i hope it's not for you know one more game and you know the flyers can handle the business against them and you know get that dub because i would love that saw last year when we beat edmonton in a shootout but they're they're just too it they have it like they're yeah. ha- they have depth forwards they have some good pieces on the back end now because they made trades at the trade deadline last year and they kept them around. It's still very early, man. It's still very early. Yeah, and you know that's that's a fair point uh, when you're when you're talking, uh, you know, in the middle of October about hockey teams. It's like, I mean, do they even know who they are yet? And no team has really identified themselves at this point. So it's obviously all just over speculation at this point. But uh, that's what we're here to do. Yeah, I'm here to freak the fuck out and tell you that the two one and no flyers are a force to be reckoned with. You all better look out because you know we're we're coming for it. Okay, this is the year. This is the I'm telling you right now. This is the year. Um, speaking of being the year, Adam. Oh no, goaltending. Speaking of which, solution has been found in San Jose. Mackenzie Blackwood, uh, breaking the record. For um, most saves in a debut for a team, uh, seeing 51 shots and making 49 saves against the Colorado Avalanche in a 2-1 shootout loss. We don't have to get into the details on that, but <laughs> Adam, this this is something interesting because Mackenzie Blackwood, let's not forget, was on the 2022 Canadian, uh, Canadian Olympic roster. Like, let's not forget that bit, right? He was supposed to be the goaltender in New Jersey for years to come. He was basically supposed to be the next Martin Brodeur for that team. 
didn't pan out, needed to change his scenery. He finds himself in San Jose right now. Do you see him being a part of the San Jose rebuild and a part of the future for the team? Because say even with the change of scenery, maybe it's just there's some stress off his shoulders now and he can finally get back to doing what he does best, and that's being a goaltender. I I mean, I've liked what I've seen. I definitely agree with you when you said uh, that, that I think San Jose's goaltending solution probably has been found in Mackenzie Blackwood. Um, I hope he can keep it up. Uh, I'm liking what I'm seeing. It's just, it hurts when I see them do pretty decent in his debut and then fumble the bag in the shootout. Mm-hmm. And then to do pretty okay last, or I guess when people are listening to this two nights ago when they played Carolina, and then it just falls apart in the third period. So there's a lot more work I think that has to be done, but it is a, a silver lining you could say that it seems like they've found finally their goaltender after Martin Jones fell off the wagon and seemingly found his game after he left. Um, Aiden Hill was supposed to be the guy, wasn't the guy until they shipped him off to Vegas, and we all know how that story ended. I'm not bitter. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I, I'm hoping that Kakinen can turn things around. I'm not... 100% sure I had I had a good feeling about him, but I've had a good feeling about all these goaltenders that I thought were supposed to be the guy and then fell apart at the end of it. I don't know what the hell Fish is doing, but I'm loving what I'm seeing. He's, he's vibing it's Red right October. now. It's he's Red October. fully vibing right now. <laughs> um, screw yeah, you, no, Red. I, I'm talking the teal. I it's all about the teal, the teal, teal. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Put that on a shirt and sell it. I'm there. Um, yeah, speaking of talking the teal. Um, <laughs> and I, I, I like the, the way he's playing for the team. And, you know, honestly, Adam, when you kind of think about it in, you know, a wider perspective, you could, you could argue that it's, it, it'd be, it's okay that he's playing like this and the sharks still aren't getting wins again, not, not a team that's, yeah. that's built to, to win right now. You know what I mean? Like they're trying to just figure out what they have, see what they can do with what they have and, and attack at the, at the draft and try to get as, as much good talent that they can, but having it figured out net is one of the biggest pieces to any franchise, right? Like, yeah, no, I agree. Especially just, teams rebuilding, rebuilding yeah. from the net out is not a bad idea. 26 for a goaltender. I mean, I'm looking at the ages, just a broad player seems like kind of like an off time to, to have a guy find his his stride because it's right at the cusp of his prime. You figure he's probably got another three four years if it's a normal skater. Goaltenders mm-hmm. can go a lot longer, so I can yeah. I, I can concede to that. But it's still it's sucky to watch that we finally have a goaltender that could probably do us really well. If this was the twenty sixteen Sharks, you could argue could be the guy that pushes us over the edge to win us the cup. Mm-hmm. But it's now around. Albeit a pretty solid young core, I'm loving Zadina. I'm loving Bordalo. I haven't seen too much of Eklund, mainly because I haven't seen a chance to watch many of their games. They happen while I'm usually at work or just not thinking about them. Um, but the games I have been able to watch and have been able to kind of see what this new look Sharks team is, 
I can get around it. It's just I hate that we finally have this kind of stud goaltender, and this is the squad that's in front of me. Yeah, um, but really, coming from a Flyers fan, that is the same basic principle, right? You have Carter Hart. You wish you had a better team in front of him. You don't. But it's not it's not like you're losing so much of that value because mm. goaltenders last a lot longer than regular skaters do. You know, like 26 for a goaltender, you still got five or six years of prime built in there. And then past prime, there, you know, Carey Price past prime was still really fucking good. Goaltenders yeah. can still be serviceable to good after their primes. Um, you know, so I I think that that really puts the Sharks in a really good spot. And I'm I'm happy that you're seeing the same thing as a Sharks fan. I can only hope. I'm trying to be I'm trying to be positive. It's a little rough. It's 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 a little hard to be optimistic nowadays for our our respective franchises, but we force ourselves. We do. Um all right, to keep on keeping on. This one's a bit of a touchy subject here as the NHL and the NHLPA have banned the usage of pride tape. Um not so the NHL the NHL in consultation with the NHLPA decided that no pride tape policy is uh, going to be an offshoot of the sweaters being removed from the 250 theme nights to um I guess to avoid uh, what they've considered dissension and distractions uh, dissension in the locker room and distractions in the media um as, as we know and I don't know if we've discussed in the podcast yet but I'm pretty sure it's it's common knowledge amongst hockey fans nowadays um theme night jerseys aren't going to be a thing anymore um they're not doing them anymore for uh for a couple different reasons but obviously uh the biggest one was what happened last year with a bunch of pride nights and there being a there being a lot of poor media around the subject and you know locker room tensions etc etc and they're trying to avoid that but now now we're reaching into the controlling aspect here i understand if you don't want to do the theme nights or whatever because people have their opinions and people have their rights to those opinions and that's great but now you're telling one one player like in a locker room say just wants to wear the pride uh, the pride tape during gay pride month right great i you know other player would be like i'm not gonna do that i'm just gonna use regular tape that's fine, right? We're not forcing everyone to use the pride tape. It's just who wants to, and the NHL is not going to allow that to happen. Do you think this is a bit of an overreach from the NHL? Oh, that, that I mean, it's yeah. all overreach. I'm sorry. I, I've been jumping on the gun all night. You're but, good. Uh, I'm going to agree with you either way. Yeah. It's ridiculous, man. It's like, you know, I, I guess, like, you wanted to not, like, distract people and, like, whatever but at the end of the day it, this stuff brings people to watch hockey it does mm-hmm. and it's like i thought that was the main goal here as a league is you want to grow the sport and well what's this gonna what's it gonna grow when you ban you know pride night jerseys pride night pride tape now and then you talk about all the other great jerseys theme nights like hockey fights, fights cancer, cancer military appreciation yeah. yeah so on and so on the it's, really the really cool los tiburones uh jerseys that the sharks wear every year those are the coolest fucking things i've ever seen year in and year out yeah get rid of that. get rid of it it's ridiculous 
this was like, why are we doing this? All because people, you know, hate wokeness and hate the pride flag or whatever. And it's ridiculous, dude. It's like, why do people have to be so soft? It's like, yeah. don't care. It's like, if something bothers you, hey, don't care. Unless it's like, you know, you know, again, not trying to speak on the like, you know, politics or whatever, but like people teaching a certain subject to kids. I get that. But this is just, you know, sports. Yeah. Like, come on, man. And think of the money, think of the money that these theme nights raise too, right? Like specifically, you know, apart from the pride situation, but specifically hockey fights cancer night. Are you kidding? We're getting rid of that. That's one of like, that's a major draw for people. People love those purple jerseys. People love that night. People go to hockey games in their local cities just on that night specifically. Say they're not really hockey fans, but they love supporting the hockey fights cancer and, you know, they have a cancer survivor in the family and they go because it's a big event for them and all that. And you're getting rid of that. You know, like it's just it's it's one of those overreach issues that I think is just a clear violation by the NHL. And I, I really would kind of hope that the NHL PA would step in, but they they didn't. They wound up agreeing with the league. So. It's just it's something that I'm interested to see the kind of backlash because I know as a Flyers fan, at least Scott Lawton said, I'm wearing the tape anyways. They can find me if they want to. Um, So I'm interested to see what kind of stuff happens in locker rooms amongst players, all that jazz. You know, if enough players just do it and say, fuck it, I'll take the fine. What's the league going to do? You know. And there's teams that have already like, placed orders Scott on the Lawton, tape, too. Man. If, like, Scott Lawton's going to... I don't know his whole situation, but I'm pretty sure he has family relatives who are gay and, like, mm-hmm. he, you know, does a lot of stuff with, like, LGBTQ yeah. in the city of Philadelphia and, like, you know, brings a lot of people from that community to Flyers games and, like, shows them a good time. And it's like, yeah. you, know, you, you know, if you... I would commend him. If he goes rebel and just says, you know, screw what they say, I'll take any fine. Like, I get paid millions of dollars. Like, find me for rocking some tape or yeah. whatever. And it, that's that's what's funny is like we're talking about players getting fined thousands of dollars for the color tape they use. What if a during dude warm-up. just likes how rainbow tape looks? That's a, it's not even during games too. It's just during warm up. It's so just during sure. warm ups, which is even crazier. When there you, are when you actual that. rules. There are actual rules about tape color during games, and that I kind of understand in a way, um, because obviously that's different. Yeah. But it's it's warm ups, dude. Who gives a damn, right? I it's it, it's crazy to me. Obviously, you know it's crazy to Adam and Matt too. But I'm really this, interested to see about how it goes down with the players. This is the equivalent of Have you ever been? But do you ever remember a time in like elementary school where one kid did a stupid thing and the entire class got yes. reprimanded? Yep. And you had recess taken away because prime example that happened in one of my elementary school classes, someone brought a stink bomb to class and it went off and it smelled horrible and we were all put in trouble for it, but we all know who did it. Uh, uh... This is the exact same thing but on a bigger scale and it is equally as stupid. Yeah. And we're and... letting five players that had a problem with jerseys ruin every theme night that has been basically loved by fans since they started. Yeah. Theme nights are the best dude. Like that's, 
the reason that they and, did theme nights in the first place is to attract more people to the stadium, and it I worked. Feel, I feel know? like we should probably uh, correct and say the theme nights are still happening. It's just the jerseys and the tape that are being taken away because right, Sharks yes, did just sorry. do Los. Yeah. Uh, the, I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce it because I'm going to sound like a fucking American. Tiburon, <laughs> I think. It yeah, is, I think but... I think you got it. I'm going to call it Los Toblerone because I think that's funny. <laughs> Toblerone, <laughs> but no, you you have it right. Um. The theme nights are still happening because the Sharks just did theirs and they were giving away uh, luchador-themed goalie masks, which I think was pretty brilliant. But um, then you don't get to see yeah, it on the ice. You don't get the jerseys. You don't get like the actual experience of the theme night. It's just kind of... Do you remember yeah. the Kraken Native Heritage jerseys from last year? I actually don't. Oh my god, were they some of the coolest fucking things i ever seen. Kraken Native... Yeah. it's a shame man hopefully it gets better i would um recommend people listening i know we we playfully called out uh steve dangle earlier but his podcast network put out uh a podcast with um brian burke on agent provocateur oh, just recently yeah um, he's, one, he's one of the biggest uh yeah lgbtq supporters mm-hmm. and know. he goes into why that is um his thoughts on the matter and he's right there with us he thinks it's a completely crazy thing for the league to do but at the same time he can understand some of the optics behind it um and i don't want to paraphrase i don't want to put words that he didn't say into into his mouth brian burke deserves way better than that um so i would definitely recommend that if you want to hear an actual person that is in the league that has been around the league for so long that is an avid lgbtq uh advocate and supporter to go listen to that podcast and hear his kind of thoughts on it um but he's right there along with us he thinks that it's it's a little ridiculous and he would really like to see the nhl kind of pull that back and either clarify what they're saying or do something different because to my analogy, to let a few bad apples completely ruin multiple nights worth of support for people that honestly rightfully deserve it. When you look at what's happening in the LGBTQ community and the cancer world, veterans of all people, we're just going to say, you know, you get your theme night, but, you know, you're not going to see these jerseys on the ice. We're not, you know, it's it's crazy. Yeah, which like again, I'm I'm not lying when I say this. Like some of them were my favorite, like nights mm-hmm. to be at because the jerseys were so well designed and they were so cool, and you know the design teams and Adidas really did a great job putting them together. And now we don't get it, and we don't get to see it during warmups. And I think that that's such a major a overstep by the league. And be a miss, just a huge miss by the league to get rid of the, the the pride night or not the pride specifically the pride night jerseys, but uh, the the just the theme night jerseys yeah. uh, for for warmups. You know, just if you get the chance, folks, and you're listening to the podcast, just, just Google NHL theme night jerseys. Some of the best designs you ever seen. You're gonna want to go out and try to try to buy one. They're gonna be hundreds of dollars because they're game worn, et cetera, et cetera. But they're so freaking cool, dude. Yeah. Um, but. I guess, I guess what are you going to do? And I just, I hope there are some players and, you know, maybe even some organizations that decide to say, 
fuck it. We're doing it anyways because well, we think it matters more to do it than to not. And there are teams that have already placed orders for cases of pride tape. So you know teams are getting it, and I'm sure things are going to be happening in the next month or two. I would imagine. I feel like we're going to start hearing about guys like Scott Lawton going on the ice with the tape on. You know, JVR um, was a huge advocate as well. Yeah. He's no longer a flyer, but he was a huge advocate. I've been racking my mm-hmm. brain. There was a player on the Sharks. He was a bottom six guy, but he was another one of those avid guys that always wore the pride tape on his sticks, and he was a big supporter. I don't know where he's playing now, and I honestly couldn't tell you his name. I, I keep coming back to Gabriel, I think, was the last name. Curtis? Curtis it Gabriel? M- it might be Curtis Gabriel. No, I almost said Peter now. Gabriel of Genesis. Genesis. <laughs> <laughs> but no, he was a he was a big supporter of it from what I remember, and he was a big kind of heart and soul guy on the ice. Uh when he was with the Sharks, I loved him. He he added that extra edge that the Sharks were missing at the time. Um so he's another guy if he's still around the league floating around somewhere, I'm sure he would be right there with the Lawtons and the JVRs and whoever else decides that they wanna say screw this and if they want to find me, find me. Yeah, man. I, I would just, I would love if that's, if that's how it went, you know what I mean? I would really enjoy if that's how um, we can hope. teams and players handled it just because again, I like your analogy of the one bad apple ruining the rest of the rest of the classroom. You know what I mean? Like, I think that that's a perfect analogy for it. Uh, but uh, unless you guys have anything else to talk about, that's going to wrap it up for this old episode. Uh, this is gonna be... hot takes. Do you want oh, yeah. hot takes? You got a hot so take too? It's it's fish. Of course, he's got a hot take. It's fair. What That's are you fair. asking? He's got the spiciest takes well, around. Go happy ahead, with the guy, rip him off. Happy with the Flyers' offense. They're playing fast. Best I love to see it. They're playing fast. It's fun to watch. Hopefully, they're still healthy because they're one of the teams that are going to need to stay healthy to even have a chance. It's fair. And my main hot point is that Ottawa is legit. They yeah, are yeah. a legit unit squad. Their offense is stacked. They get on the forecheck hard. They got great defensemen. The goaltending, you could say, is maybe a little bit shaky, but they're a unit, man. And I'm pretty sure all three of us had them missing the playoffs. I I, I would probably switch that. I thought I, had them, I thought I had them making it. I'm looking into it right now. I have them making it? I thought I did. Uh, no. Damn. You yeah. and... You, Brian, and Matt both have them in seventh. I have them in sixth. Yeah. Hmm. So big, big unit coming from Ottawa. Yeah. They are look poised. They are fun to watch. Big big ups to them. They are they are a squad. Yeah. Their their ability to forecheck is nuts. I mean, those top two lines were like hard on the forecheck and they were they they would grind they would win puck battles along the wall and assert their dominance in the offensive zone and that's that's really something that's super key especially for a team that's trying to make a playoff run so i agree with you man i think that that's a hundred percent a fact uh i guess if i have to pop off a, a hot take right now with what i've seen from the the lightning so far i know where i have them in my rankings but shit i think they might miss the playoffs oh they're still missing, very early, but yeah, they're missing they, Vasilevsky big time. Yeah, yeah huge. Definitely. I didn't think it was going to matter that much, but my God, it's yeah. ugly. It is an ugly ride right now for for the Lightning. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. 
I don't uh, my other that. hot take, my other hot take is uh, my change. Yeah, it's still early, but so many people were hopping on the Devin Levi train. Like, watch out, this guy's gonna come in, come in, and start to steer off. He's just gonna be one of the best goalies. He looks at, just as good as average right now. Devin, Devin Levi looks average. I mean, still looks- early. Good change. It's, again, everything's still early. These are always overreactions, folks. But yeah. uh, no, I hear you. It's it's not like he's not jumping off the page uh, for sure. But obviously, I still think he's you know getting his feet wet in the NHL, right? Like he's, I think yeah, he's but, still like under thirty starts in the league. So you know, yeah. How many people were just yeah. like, watch out, this guy's just gonna, you know, come in and be a huge difference maker, and I, I see far from it. I mean, he still could be a generational talent. He might just still be developing, which I think the rest of the Sabres team yeah. is as well. And I think that they're all going to line up at the same time. And again, I still think the Sabres team is one that could make a playoff push. I I think I could see it. I really do. Um, Adam, do you have any hot takes? you got anything on the burner right now? I do. Uh, I think Connor Bedard is not going to win the Calder this year. Ooh! That's a big hot Spicy. Who do you think is going to win it? I have not a clue, but it's, okay, it's not going to be fair. Connor Bedard. Um, are you just saying that to say it? Or are you just putting it in no. the universe? Or do you actually believe? I think he's going to miss not from a lack of trying. It's just his shots aren't going in. I've watched I watched his debut. I watched his game against Boston. And I've seen the clips from the preseason. And for whatever reason, he's getting good looks. It's just he's not able to finish them. And I think that's what's going to end up biting him in the ass later down the road, not being able to finish quality chances. The skill is there. The Connor Bedard that we expected to see is there, but he's just struggling to find the back of the net. If he can figure that out, then, you know, my, my take is quickly going to become very cold. Um, <laughs> it's going to be a freezing take. Yeah, no, it's gonna, <laughs> you're going to ship me off to the, the Antarctic. That's how cold it's going to get. Yeah, we'll um, give you the Ivan Fedotov treatment. Oh, Jesus. Um, right to Siberia. But, you know, the way I'm seeing him play now, it's not going to be from a lack of trying, but he's not winning the Calder. Uh, you, I, I don't disagree with you, but also don't don't clip that, folks. Like, if, if he's <laughs> no. wrong, he's wrong, not me, okay? <laughs> <laughs> so, in other words, clip it. Let me hear it. I don't care. Come for me. <laughs> yeah, Adam likes the heat. I don't. Uh, but I will put some heat on myself right now. Uh, the Flyers are a wild card team. I just want to just want to put that first. <laughs> um, studs, uh, Nick Delorier. Yeah, if we're saying that the Sharks are winning the cup this year, fuck Nick, you. <laughs> Nick Delorier is basically the best four checker of all time. Okay. Um, it's uh, you know Carter Hart's the PhD next line's price. fun. Yeah, PhD line's fun. Dude, the PhD line is very fun to watch. Uh, Paling Hathaway and, and Delorier. Like I said uh, before the show, when I was talking to you guys, those guys will forecheck for three whole minutes. The puck won't leave the zone and they won't have a single shot. It's just, it's mayhem. <laughs> they don't know what's going on. And so the other team doesn't know what's going on. And I think that's perfect. Uh, Hell yeah. <laughs> let chaos ensue. Embrace the chaos as someone. Hopefully said. they are a wild card team, man. That'd be sweet. That would be sweet. Um, I, But I'm, I'm torn, like emotionally. I'm like, we need a good draft pick because we need the prospect capital. Danny Breed can make a move, but playoff hockey, you know. Yeah, yeah. get back to you know play. I mean? Break this playoffs, kid. Yeah, come on. Yeah. Um, 
But okay, do you have any other hot takes, Matthew? I, I feel like you were about to like rip off like five the way you were the way you're. Oh talking. man, um, I know. Still, still very early. Still very, still very, early. still very early. Uh, these are obviously the hottest of takes when it's like mid October. Um, so as always, guys, thank you so much for listening. We appreciate the hell out of you guys for hanging in tough with us during the off season. It is now the season. We have stuff to talk about. Hockey's happening. Get excited. Um, as always, please go ahead and follow our social medias at OTPP pod on both Instagram and X and go ahead and check out the Twitch, Adam, uh, go ahead and plug that. Twitch.tv slash on the power play. I am learning the controls of NHL 24. Good Lord. Are Dude, I heard something... it was hard as hell. It's, it's not so much hard, but it's rewiring my brain to not play skill stick style. Uh, like all the deeks are mapped to, to single button presses and stuff. It's a little weird trying to do like toe drags and everything don't work because I have to let go of a button to do the thing. It's a whole thing I'm learning though. And so far I'm, I'm getting there. We're doing good. I'm testing out some franchise mode stuff. Maybe bring back the people's GM rock. Some other ideas I got. We'll see what happens, but that's all going to be on twitch.tv slash on the power play. When the time comes, follow it so you get notified when I go live. And like Brian said, follow the socials. I'll post when I go live over on those as well. Twitch.tv slash on the power play. Do the thing. And if you miss him live, there is video on demand on Twitch. So you can always catch up with what he was doing and at Buster. a later time. Um, all righty, folks. Again, thank you so much. And we out. Woo-hoo.